Hello, and welcome to the media ministry of Living Word Church in Roberts, Illinois. Today, Pastor Douglas Lee shares truth from the Word of God that will inspire and motivate you. We pray that as you listen to this message, your ears will be open to hear and your heart to receive all that God has for you. Join us now as we journey together through God's Word. I like being the bearer of good news. The gospel is good news. All we have to do is find out what's the good news for right now and share that. Something that I want you to know is we're, we're, we're kind of launching into speaking some things out over this coming year. We're starting a little bit early just because uh, in, in God's calendar, it's already happened. You know, the, the Jews are more in tune with God's timing than, than we are in, in our Christianity. And they know in, in the, the first of October, God's already in his new season. But I, I see the kind of the, the desire of God like this right now. He's kind of looking over in his shoulder saying, come on, kids, get with it. Come on with me. And he's given us that opportunity to, to catch up to where he is. You know, sometimes I, I lament how busy we get in the holiday season because it should be the highest and most holy time of our lives. And sometimes it kind of is, but it's also probably the busiest time of life. And I don't know if you get really, really busy, really, really hyped over the holidays. When you get into about now, you're coming down from all of that saying, man, was that all worth it? Seemed like everything went into that. What was the family time that good? And we start to evaluate and think. But if we keep God first, we won't have any regrets. And I want to tell you that's, that's one of the key thoughts going into this season is Look at the scripture for yourself, what it means, and you have to apply it to your own life. I can't do that for you, but what does it mean to put him first? How do we keep him first? Because whenever we do that and we're consistent in that, it releases faith for us to receive the blessing of God. I'm this morning looking back into the, the, the Christmas story that really was a couple years long in our Bible. In, in a couple chapters, we see a couple years of of, of time where Jesus is conceived and prophesied and almost into three years uh, by the time they go to Egypt and they come back then to Nazareth. And we see that the, the family of God with the Son of God doing the perfect will of God had a lot of change in a short amount of time. You know, it, it, it seemed uh, really almost unfair that there would be a census right when Mary had to deliver Jesus and she had enough trouble. She had conceived him out of wedlock and people were talking about her and Joseph had to buy in and angel had to show up and talk to Joseph, tell him, look, buddy, it's all right. This really is God. And he needed that. He needed to hear from God. And all of these things had happened and you would think the will of God would just kind of happen. I want you to understand the will of God doesn't just happen because he says it or it's prophesied or we believe it in our heart. We've got to line up with what he wants to do. Joseph and Mary, I don't think, had the revelation from the Old Testament to know that Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. I think it might have dawned on them as they were riding the mule and Mary was saying, let's hurry up and get there. This baby is on the way. And Joseph is thinking, God, where are you? This seems unfair. And they got there and there was no room for them at the destination. They got where God wanted them. And you would have thought he had a, a hotel suite ready for them and he did not. They had to go from door to door and place to place to find out, find a place that would work, that didn't seem logical and didn't seem right. Even though a star had led them, even though they were led in a type by the Holy Spirit to get there, they kept encountering difficulty. Now understand who this is. 
This is the natural. This is, these are, this is the family that's going to raise the Lord of all the universe, the Lord Jesus. This is Jesus being born. And you, you, if, you, if we look at his life and his family life and recognize how challenging it was for them, we should have our eyes open to what it takes to do the will of God. Now, the will of God was accomplished in them, but they had, to, they had to go from their home, go to Bethlehem, and it seemed like it was unfair a census would be called. Well, how was God going to get them to go to Bethlehem when she's expecting any day except to create some situation? So we can look at the scripture and say, well, it was just a circumstance. God sometimes creates an inconvenience for us to get us where we need to be. Because he knows how things need to play out. It was in the Old Testament that Jesus would have to be born in Bethlehem. It's interesting that God chose people who would have to go to Bethlehem for the census. It's interesting that she would get there just in time to have a baby, but out of reach of the census where they couldn't count him because they didn't know he existed because he wasn't born out in the open with everybody else and he wasn't counted why Herod couldn't get to him. Even though the will of God was being accomplished and it seemed inconvenient, it seemed like there was resistance. It was with difficulty. They got in the right place at the right time to bring the Lord Jesus, and then it seemed like the God of this world was out to get him immediately, and he was. And they had to run from there to the place, the least likely place a Jew would go would be back to Egypt. But God said, now take him to Egypt, flee, get down there and hide out until Herod dies. You would think God would have had an easier way. You would think there would have been some other situation that could have happened. But nonetheless, they obeyed God, went to Egypt, heard when Herod died and came back not to Bethlehem, but back to Nazareth. Joseph had been away from his business for probably three years or more at this point in time. You would think God would preserve their life and everything. God preserved it in a different way. The wise men brought the goods to sustain him and probably launch his business bigger than it was before. But that all happened in the middle of obeying God in, in a very inconvenient, gossiped about, unorthodox seemingly situation. Understand the perfect will of God is cloaked in inconvenience. You will not find it looking at opportunities. You will not find God's perfect will looking with your mind to what is a good situation. You will hear the will of God by looking first at his word, saying, Holy Spirit, how do you want to accomplish that in my life? And when you go to that length to obey God in something spiritual, he causes your natural life to fall into place even when it doesn't look right. So many times in my life, the path of God's been inconvenient. Honestly, I can't tell you when it has not been that way. So I, I, I today am bringing something to you to help you not turn loose of your faith, not let go. For 2019, for everyone I've asked, was not a year they want to repeat. I said that earlier this morning to, to a group at the table, and everybody's like, you're right about that. I already know I'm right about that. <laughs> but here's what I know. It's not over because the calendar says it's over. If there's unfinished business between you and God, if there's something that you are asking God to do in your life and it's not happened yet, don't move on and skip over that because it hasn't happened by the end of the calendar year. That's our goofy thinking for closure. Closure happens with God when we get what we ask him for.
And we need to not give up on that. I want to tell you, though, what that looks like. So many times, and I, I've been around long enough and dealt with enough people that I see so many people fall away from faith because they just give up. I mean, everybody wants something to happen just immediately. And in this world, you have an enemy called the devil who will resist you. It's just a given. Why he's not resisting you so much personally is he doesn't want God to get the glory through your life. So when we take it personally, we're, we're making a mistake. When the enemy seems to be coming against you, he's really coming against the glory of God or God getting a testimony. You are God's walking, talking testimony, whatever state you are in. The devil doesn't want you to be in a better state because if you get in a better state, you'll probably talk about it. But if he can get you to be in a worse state, he might get you to talk about that, start griping and complaining. Understand you are the glory of God or you are a picture of counter glory by what comes out of your mouth. So already I've said, and this is Psalm 50, verse 23, whoso offers praise glorifies me. And this is God's voice, God talking. And he said, to him that orders this conversation aright, and that means if we'll fix what we're saying, particularly just in praise and worship, I've learned when I don't know, I know something's wrong. This happens to me a lot. Something just isn't right, and I don't know what isn't right. And that particularly happens when I'm praying for any of you. If something just doesn't seem right, think, Lord, something's just not right about that, but I'm going to offer you praise, and I'm going to start thanking you for moving in this family. And I just start calling your names. And I start giving him glory that in your family, in your life, in your kids, in your business, in your job, in whatever is concerning you, I give him praise for the good testimonies to come. And many times just in doing that, it shifts and change. And I think, Lord, I don't even need to know what that was. I'm just glad it changed. And then something feels right. You say, well, that's kind of odd. No, that's what pastors should do is pray that way because we don't, we don't know everything. You don't know everything about you. I'm certainly not going to know, and I don't need to know everything. But the Holy Spirit does. <laughs> he knows all, and he's looking ahead, and he knows that if we'll shift what we're saying, and sometimes we, we tend to speak according to how we feel. And sometimes people just get in a funk of not feeling quite right. And I know a lot of Christians like that. And they've got to get broken out of that place because we tend to either not talk at all or talk kind of negative and go by feelings instead of going by faith. I, I want to encourage you this morning that the season that we were in isn't exactly over and we're at a pivot point. The pivot point is, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to give God the glory even if I'm not feeling it or seeing it right now? Because when you give him the glory in advance, you're prophesying the victory. See, God won't go back on you prophesying the victory when you praise him. He'll bring about circumstances to change even if you've had to ride the back of the donkey to get where you're going. Even if you got to your destination and there was no room for you, you worked for a promotion and you didn't get it, all kinds of things happen to people that way. You saw what God had in your life and then you had to make radical change. You had to go down to Egypt. Or maybe you have to go get a second job for a little while and you think, what is up with this? It's essentially what happened to them. They, they had a treasure chest, but you know they didn't break into it. It was for Jesus. People wonder how Jesus launched his ministry with no money. Honey, he had money. They invested that money. They weren't stupid people. Jesus, Jesus had something when he started. Why? That's what the treasure was for. 
You'd think, Mary and Joseph, you think, well, God's just providing for them. No, he had them running here and running there, coming back and starting a business. I would imagine they had the collateral to start the business, but it was Jesus, Jesus' name. I wonder if he didn't own the carpenter business in reality. I wonder why. That was their start. God set them up. Why? For Jesus to accomplish God's will. Whatever God's going to give you in form of time, talent, and treasure is really for whatever you will do for the master. And while you're doing it, he'll bless your natural life. You have two kinds of life, spiritual life and natural life. You know, sometimes we get caught up in the natural things and the devil's out to stop the spiritual things. He's out to stop you having confidence in God. He's out to stop you from giving, rejoicing in prayer rather than crying out for, Dear Lord Jesus, help me. Best way to get Jesus, help start thanking him for being your helper. Instead of mourning, oh, dear Lord, I really need help now. He already knows that. When we start thanking him, what happens? He, can't, he, he will break through the heavenlies to get help to you when you start thanking him. Why? You, you just got the cart ahead of the horse. Do you see that? He has to get the horse caught up. He's got to put some things in motion. He's got to change some things. That's the God that we serve. He's supernatural. He's not limited by the natural, and he wants us to look past that to see him and who he is. So uh, our life of faith begins at hearing the word, and Mary and Joseph did that. Mary heard first, then Joseph needed a word from the Lord. Why? If you're, if you're a married couple, you're in it together. It's good for both of you to have the word of the Lord on what the Lord wants you to do. See, Joseph still was going to have the, the, the carpenter business and be earning money and doing whatever all he had to do, but his role on the stage of God was to be a daddy to Jesus. That's phenomenal. It didn't seem phenomenal. It seemed like nothing but a hassle as things started out. For you to do anything for God, it'll start out as a hassle. It'll start out inconvenient. And you'll think, God, your timing could be better. Well, his timing is to fix things that are out of alignment in your timing. To do for him releases power to fix things in the natural when we hook up with God. And Mary and Joseph certainly didn't know what they were getting into when they agreed. Mary agreed, and so be it unto me according to your word. And Joseph had a little harder time. He needed an angel to show up, and the angel needed to say, Mary's right, she's telling you the truth, and you're going to do this, and this boy you're going to raise will be the redeemer of all mankind. What a charge to hear as Joseph in the middle of his complaining and seeking God. And he had to choose at that moment, I'm going to put this first in my mind. I'm going to please God this way. And, and he had to walk away. He had to keep moving. He had to keep changing. And then we see they had a great family and God blessed them. And Jesus fulfilled the plan of God. Understand the seed that God plants in you like he planted in Mary, where you conceive something in your heart for the Lord. When you birth it, it will turn around and redeem your life. I want you to see the principle that's the key for the year. When you receive a seed from God's word, you receive a knowing by the Holy Spirit that God's asking something of you in your life. He's giving you a responsible role. And you pray and you make decisions and you arrange your life to do that for the master. You are birthing the kingdom of God from the inside of you. What was a seed 
has now become a, a live birth, spiritually speaking. That means you are bringing something of the kingdom of God out through your life of obedience and making right choices for God. When you do the very thing that you think you are going to have to serve the rest of your life and work to always keep up, will turn around and redeem your life from destruction. Understand who Jesus is in you and what the kingdom is meant to do in you. Scripture tells us the kingdom of God is within us. That is the, the person of God's Holy Spirit. We say Jesus living in our heart, but it's his spirit living inside of us. His spirit recognizes the seed of what God wants to do. You were trained before. You, when you were born again, your spirit man on the inside was made to recognize the will of God. And understand that what you do for God, spiritually speaking, changes everything about your natural life. So many Christians use their faith first and only for natural things. God help me and I'll be obedient to tithe. God bless me and we'll give you the first fruits. God help my family and we'll dedicate them to you. And he'll do those things. But that's not the seated in victory position. That's the approaching him saying, God, I don't have any victory. Please give me the victory. When he's saying we're already seated with him, we need to begin to thank him for the victorious position and understand what thankfulness is first for. God, thank you for using my life to be your testimony. Did you know that's the most powerful prayer you will pray once you're born again? God, thank you for using my life to become your walking, talking testimony. What will that, what will that be? God's bigger than we are, greater than we are, unlimited in resource, has all power available. All he's done is given us the authority to access all of that if we'll turn our conversation aright now. Your journey with God will be met with some opposition, but I want to say what, what, what Mary heard because Mary heard a word from the Lord in Luke 1, 28. The angel came and, and she agreed to do this and he said, you are highly favored. Well, everybody wants that. I want God's favor. That, that means when I, when I walk into a situation, I'm going to be at the top of the list, not the bottom. And, you know, God's power is in my life and everything's going to work out right. And everybody gets happy about that and hearing that. And it's true. Then he said, number two, the Lord is with you. Well, that's why there was favor, because the Lord was going to be with her. He didn't plant the seed and then leave her. He was there working with her. He was there encouraging her. He was there telling her, it's going to be all right, Mary. Watch me move in your life. It's going to be all right. And she was hearing mixed reports. One of the prophets said, you know, uh, there's going to be a spear put in your heart over this boy's life. Well, what mother wants to hear that? But she heard that and she walked with that. What did she? She knew Jesus was sent to redeem people. She knew, she understood he's going to lay down his life. How wonderful and how awful for Mary all at the same time. But she was going to obey the will of God. Why? She was an unusual girl. She, would, she agreed to obey God before she understood what she was getting into. Did you know you're unusual like that? That's what God looks for, the unusual quality of faith to believe what he said that doesn't seem like it adds up right, to choose to step out and make decisions accordingly. That's the kind of year you can expect, one that the, the world would call it being a risk taker. I call it being a faith walker, where you call those things that be not as though they were, where you hear what God's saying and you recognize the kingdom of God is going to gain through your obedience.
but then God's going to take care of you while things are going on. No. Third, he said, Mary, you're blessed among all the women. Instead of her feeling shame, she was to feel blessing. I'm sure when women looked at her, they looked and like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That didn't just, that doesn't happen the way you're saying, mm-hmm. What did she have? She had the word of the Lord that they couldn't take away. She kept turning back to that one thing the angel said to her when she agreed to obey God. You want a word like that in your life to hang on to. There will be opposition. I want to talk about the oppositions because Mary got this wonderful word. Joseph got this wonderful reassurance. Then their journey looked like chaos. They had to run from problems. They had to leave their business. All things I already mentioned and then some. But they were in the perfect will of God. Don't doubt that you're in the perfect will of God. Accept that you are. And if you're on a detour you don't understand, get some understanding. Say, Holy Spirit, I just need to know. How do I change things right now? I'm going to change my mouth and you're going to fix my direction. And then start looking for positive things to put in your mouth. There's something that I'm doing going into this year. I, I'm crafting my vocabulary for this year. I've actually done this for almost 30 years. But I go through and, and consider words that I know I will say again and again and again this year based on what the Lord's telling me. And many, many people do a vision board. This is the way I do a vision board. I choose anointed words because life doesn't come because of pictures. Pictures can inspire right words, but I'd rather get my words from the Lord. So I ask him what kind of words describe the kind of year that I'm to have. What kind of year is the body of Christ supposed to have? What would the descriptive words be? And, you know, some of them are result words. But if you have a result word from the Lord, you have to have some action words to go with it. If you have result and action, you have to recognize that there will be some anti-against-you action. And I consider what those words will look like, and I know those are the words that are going to be formed against me. But I'm going to hold my conversation aright. And I take this verse literally, and it changes the way my life turns out again and again. I'll give some little examples as we have time. John 10.10, I use this verse commonly because I think it speaks uh, volumes to people when they hear it and they hear it again and apply it to life. The thief, the enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life, that's salvation, and have salvation more abundantly. Well, I set my mouth for more abundantly. Now, salvation is, is, is multifold, but think of it this way. He's saving you from stuff, and he's saving you into stuff. He's saving us into being used of God. He's saving us into a spiritual life that will be eternal. He's saving us from being dominated by circumstances and situations and challenges. You'll have them, but you must not be dominated by them. See, the words of your mouth will determine what dominates you and what, what, what your source of freedom will be. Now, there's a natural working and a spiritual working. Natural working would be if you're believing God for a promotion at work, and I'll, I'll, I'll use this as an example because God is in promotion and restructuring and repositioning people this year. He is up for maneuvering you into a place of, of favor. 
being highly favored, uh, just like Mary was, but there will be a seed of God's word planted in you too before it can happen. And you want to get that word. You might hear something while I'm preaching. That might be the seed of that word going into you. You might have to go in your Bible and say, Lord, show me. Show me something that I need. But I'd spend a little time doing that because your, your vision board will be made of words. That's God's requirement. You might attach pictures to the words if you want to do something like that. I get mental images. Sometimes I get pictures and I look at a picture and say, well, that's about right, right there. And it's not so much natural things. I have spiritual goals, spiritual things in mind, why my life is about that. So just like you might have for your business, I have for my business. All right. Same kind of thing. Now, there's a natural working where if I'm at work and want a promotion, I do the right things to get the promotion. But you might do the right things to get the promotion and be doing that at work and left God behind to do it. You'll find when you get there, you get to the destination or you get to the performance review or you get to where they're choosing between you and one other person that there's not room for you in the end. That happened to Mary and Joseph. Why? They were living a natural life, but they were entering spiritual territory and they didn't understand it. And they were like, now by the time, I would imagine Joseph being a good husband says, now Mary, by the time we get there, I'm going to get you the best room. We'll get a midwife to come in and help. You know, we'll do everything right. I, you know, we've got to, we, we've got some savings here and I know you're tired. And he was, he was saying and doing all the right things and had the greatest intentions for everything to be right. But there was a devil coming against them. So what did he do when he got there? He had to raise up in resilience and not give in and not give up. And imagine she had to hold back from just wanting to have that baby right now. And I remember uh, telling Lucinda when our second born was being born, the doctor's not here, you need to wait. She said, there's no waiting now. And that was it. Here came little Gregory and the doctor came in well after he was born and I was holding him. The nurse didn't even come in quick enough. Now, God does things his way. And we learn to cooperate with him. And I, I tell that because God wants to bring some things into your life rather suddenly by making your conversation right and cooperating with him. There's a natural cooperation. Many times we try to get God's will just by doing the right decisions or looking for opportunities. You won't discover God's supernatural will by looking for opportunity. You'll discover it by looking to him, the author and finisher of your faith. And I encourage you this year, do that. You'll find something that motivates you more than anything else. And God will use it to redeem your life from destruction again and again. I'll talk about that more as we go. There's a resistance first to receiving God's word. When people don't come to church, they don't know what's going on. There's a resistance working against them from hearing God's word because it might be the seed that they need. So many times, I've seen it countless times, people ask for counsel or advice. If they'd only been to the service right before that, they'd have got their answer. You know, that aggravates old preachers. I think, you know, I said it once, everybody could have got it, said, there we go, I got what I need, and I wouldn't have even need to know they needed that seed. You know, but, and so many times people are slow to ask, or like, oh, if I ask him about this, he'll know something's going on in my life. Well, just come to church. I don't need to know anything else. Do you know that was God's design? That's his most merciful way. Come hear the seed. Why? I believe the Holy Spirit puts the seed in us if we come to get it. 
And many times people say, well, you know, I heard it online. There's not the anointing for it to go into your heart online like there is being there in person because you already violated God's will. He said not to forsake the assembly. See, we think we can do it our way and God will still do his thing. No, he wants us to do some things his way and he can do his thing. His way requires his thing. That's just how he, that's how he operates. And that's a gentle way of saying it's really hard to get where you're going spiritually if you're not in fellowship regularly in the body of Christ. Understand that you can't be in the body of Christ without being in church. That's what the whole New Testament teaches. And people don't talk about that a lot today, but I'm just saying it because it's true. All right. Glad you're here today. We receive his word seed inside of us with the Holy Spirit's help for any journey. He'll give you a word for anything that you need to know. I've learned that. Sometimes I have to listen with both ears instead of one to get it. Sometimes in church people listen to it with one ear, and if the preacher's good enough, you can get it with one ear. Well, when you're away from church and out from under that anointing and you're looking for the word of the Lord, you better open both ears. Why? It'll be a little more difficult when you're out on your own. Why? We're we're, we're away from the place of fellowship, the protected place that God intended the seed to come in. See, the place that God designed just for that. It's just kind of like if you want the, the perfect crop, the cultivation has to be right. God has church, so the cultivation of your heart will be right in that moment to receive what he has to impart in that moment to leap you ahead instead of meander along. That's his will. Now, the angel said to Mary, Fear not, for you found favor with God. Well, she heard that just a minute ago in verse 28. And behold, you will conceive and bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. But circumstances were contrary to that seed. From the moment God said it, circumstances were contrary. It had been helpful if they'd have been married first. But it wouldn't have worked because it's supposed to be a virgin birth. That wouldn't have worked. Joseph wouldn't have got married. And Mary say, now hold off, Joseph. We're waiting for God to do his thing. That wouldn't work very well. So what did God do? He knew when to step in. He knew when to, to find his moment for God's plan to roll forward with people who would cooperate with him if they just had his word on the matter. Understand God wants you to have his word on the matter because out of that comes your ability to to see the will of God done in your life in hearing his word. He wants that more than anything. Tell you something the Lord told me many years ago and I continue to live that way. He said, the most powerful thing you will ever do for any person is teach them what I have taught you. I said, okay then. That's what we will focus on the, the rest of life is teaching people what you have taught me, not what I've learned, but what he's taught me. I've learned a lot of stuff I don't teach, but I teach what he's taught me. Why? That's where the power of God will be in taking hold of some things that produce in our lives. Now, the contrary circumstances will come, and I would say 2019 has been a dry and difficult season in a lot of ways, and I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that other than I, I am seeing God move, and it's not over yet. So as you strike off the calendar, I, I tell you to do what I did this morning. I looked at the, the, the calendar in the pantry, the paper calendar, and I spoke to that calendar. I said, you're not limiting God's plan for my life, and it is not over. And all the things God promised me for this year that I'm believing God for are still coming to pass. Why? That's just why I'm setting my conversation aright. I'm not going to let go some of the things that I've been believing God to to do in my life or through my life. I'm hanging on to that. Now, that's who we serve. He's supernatural. Then in verse 37, God's still speaking. He said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
Mary needed to hear that. Joseph needed to know that. He had to hear it through an angel another way, another angel another day. But Mary had to hang on to this one fact. Nothing shall be impossible with God. That's the key. With God. With God. Now, they had a lot of complications. I want to roll out another one. A, a census to be taxed. What that really means is they were going to count heads and level attacks on every family for every person in the family. The moment Jesus was born, the government was sucking money out of his family. I want you to understand something about the world system. When you step out to do something for God, there will be an attack against your money. See, but the government's not an attack. Well, you can have your opinion. I will hold fast to mine. Why? Attacks on used car sales, excuse me, but I just find that incredible. There, I saved it. But there's a resistance to first getting the word. I'm going to tell you something. You won't get to base two until you hear the word of the Lord in your heart. That's the, the key to everything. So when you come to hear the word of the Lord, be as alert as you can. Don't come and go out of the sanctuary. Well, you, you, you never know. Well, I don't follow a, a real orthodox way of teaching. I have great organized notes, but I just launch. And then I look at the notes, oh, where am I? And I, I kind of jump in wherever, wherever I think is appropriate to get everybody's attention, I jump in. You know, I never dove into the diving pool without making a splash, even though you weren't supposed to. The splash got attention, the ripples did not. That's kind of how the Word of God works. It's going to make a, you make a splash. Why, we're kind of trained to look at what makes the most commotion. So that's for you. That isn't God's plan. That's just the way I do it. It's just, there's something about today that should grasp your attention, get your attention. Why God wants to upgrade some things. He wants to finish some things in our lives. Now, that complication of the census would take them to Bethlehem. And before they could leave town, they'd have to pay up for a newborn baby. It wasn't like people try to do in, in the United States, have him December 31st so they can claim him another year. There, if you claimed him, you paid in. You didn't save anything. You paid in. Understand what also was at work was the, the Antichrist spirit to discover why. Uh, Herod heard that there was a baby going to be born. So he was getting a record of all the baby boys, all the babies, all the kids being born in the whole nation because he did, couldn't pinpoint where Jesus was. But Jesus was in the cave, the manger, whatever you want to call it. He didn't get counted that day. And if he had, he escaped to Egypt by the word of the Lord. And when Herod died an ugly death, Jesus came back into the place he was supposed to be because the Old Testament said he had to be called a Nazarene. You wonder why he lived in Nazareth? Because God gave that information out hundreds of years before through the prophets. So they had to come back to Nazareth. By the time it came to leave Egypt, they had the word of the Lord on Nazareth because they recognized this baby is our assignment from God. We better look to see what God says about this baby and we better just do it. And when they went into Nazareth, don't think that it's like the movie show that Jesus grew up in, in a semi-poverty situation because his dad worked with his hands. 
you had the hottest business in Nazareth. Why? They obeyed God. So I've learned when we do the God thing, he blesses what we think is our thing because our thing becomes part of the God thing. See, Jesus didn't go hungry or do without. God made sure Joseph did well. Why? Joseph obeyed God in a hard assignment. Mary obeyed God riding on the back of a mule. They put up with a lot of guff and inconvenience. Don't you know the Heavenly Father's out to see them through and take care of them? See, when we put up with some stuff and we cling to our faith, He's the faithful one. Our faith causes our life to see His faithfulness. Well, resistance comes, uh, resilience will come. You're, you're, You're going to have staying power, ability, by having that word from the Lord, and it'll help you not give up. A determination comes when you have the word of the Lord that people won't talk you out of. You'll know it wasn't the word of the Lord if people talk you out of it. You'll know it was when nobody can talk you out of it, when circumstances won't cause you to change your mind. Now, there's a process that happens. It takes time and endurance. Most people don't see God's will because they give up too soon. Why? They probably didn't have the word of the Lord in the first place on what God wanted in the seed he planted in them. For me, it's a life of ministry. You don't necessarily have that seed. Some do, some don't. But you'll have something God put in your heart for him that is so much about him, you wonder how in the world you're going to accomplish that. When you turn to allow him to do that by praying over that seed, by, I'm sure Mary and Joseph had a lot to talk about for nine months. How are we going to raise the Son of God? What is this even going to be like? What if he turns around and starts preaching at us? What are we going to do? Are we going to be able to live in a way that is, I mean, imagine what went through their mind. Because they didn't exactly know what a Savior was. They just knew what he was going to do. But they didn't know what he was. They didn't know how to handle him. I'm sure they were overwhelmed. I'm sure there were times they were thinking, do we really want this job assignment? Do we really want this responsibility? But they kept seeing God directing them. And they had a promise that they knew that others didn't know. He had come to redeem their life from destruction. Mary and Joseph didn't have a hard time. They had it inconvenient. But there was a resilience in them that came with the word of the Lord called the Holy Spirit in their life. And the Holy Spirit was helping them to not give up and to not give in and to cooperate with God. Then they would see the signs, wonders, and miracles that would help them accomplish a supernatural life. They were the most common among people. God chose them just like he chooses us. Now, there was a partnership in this time and endurance between Mary and Joseph. You need partners. You don't have a spouse, you need a spiritual partner. You need somebody that will walk through the process of bringing God's will into your life. It won't happen by default. It won't happen because he loves you so much. It won't happen because you're a good person. It will happen because you ask him like Mary did. She said, so be it unto me, Lord. And he planted his seed by a word form in her. Jesus is considered called the living word. He literally planted the living word in her and she would nurture that word and he would turn around and not only redeem her but redeem everybody. Buy back everybody. Big assignment. Now, 
There was a partnership needed, I can imagine, and I've talked enough about this, the, the donkey ride, the being turned away at the inn, the feeling Joseph had when he's standing in the cave or stable or whatever it was, looking around thinking, this is not how I wanted it to be for Mary or for Jesus. God, it seems like you could have done better. God, it seems like somehow we missed the boat. God, it seems like somehow, because he didn't know enough about the perfect will of God that it had to be that way. I believe when the angels showed up and the shepherds came and the wise men came, I believe there's signs and wonders that indicated you're on the right track. You can expect those things to happen in your life. I call him God winks. Sometimes he just speaks, but he makes known that he's pleased by something that happens in our life. Now, there's a, a third thing that would happen. Rejection will come to discourage you. Think, think, I think particularly of getting there and there not being any room in the end, and I think of situations in my life that have been like that. I remember, I want to say it, was, it would have been 1988, 89, it's 89. I'd been working for a company for a while, and I wanted a better job in the company. And I, I prayed, I spoke the word, I had a little, in, in our old car that I drove to work, I had a little scripture list of things that I would pray as I was going to work and give thanks to the Lord. And I was living then what I'm preaching to you today, and I've been living that way for a long, long time. But I started thanking him for what I couldn't see how it was going to come to pass. That time I was making $6 an hour as, as a training intern. And, they t and, and, and before that, three weeks before that, I was making $10 an hour cleaning condos. And they said, if you want to go anywhere in the company, you'll go back to $6 an hour and learn how to be a supervisor. I said, I don't want to do that. I said that to myself. And the Holy Spirit said, you need to do that. So I agreed. My paycheck got cut in half. Doesn't look like it makes sense. Look like I'm missing the opportunity. I had another employer saw, saw my diligence and they came to me and said, we want to take you away from this company. Come to work for us for $20 an hour. I already had the word of the Lord. If I'd gone with the opportunity for $20 an hour, I would have missed the big ticket job down the road. I had to be found faithful to obey God's word and what he told me to do. He told me to take the humble job and work my way in. Do everything that I knew to do in my work ethic. Be there first, stay until last. Work for free when necessary if it helped things get ahead. Well, the boss came to me one day, and he, he said, Doug, I know you want to be the manager here, but so-and-so's the manager, and you know she's doing a passable job. I know you would do a better job. And I thought, well, then, you know, here I am. I am ready to go. Uh, he said, but we're, we're giving you another opportunity, but I have another opportunity for you if you want it. And I remember how that felt. And I got excited, and then... My boss, he told my boss he was giving me a promotion to another location. And she was one of the sources of resistance. Well, you can't have him. He's my main guy. Uh, you don't want to go there. And uh, there, there was no room in the inn for quite a few weeks working there. No room, literally, I was in hospitality. No room to work in the relationship we had. There was suddenly opposition, even though it was the perfect will of God. Even though God was moving in my life to get me on a, a path that I was saying from my mouth. See, when I asked for the promotion and the job, it wasn't just to have more money or get into a, a line of prestige in the business or anything like that. 
I said out of my mouth, Lord, this will be a path that leads me back into your perfect will because it doesn't seem like we're in it right now. That's what it was. See, God listens for what he wants in your bargain. And if you're willing to put what he wants first, he'll do a lot of things for you. So life is about ministry first. You'll hear varying reports on this, but God has a spiritual seed he wants to plant in you that will turn around and redeem your life. For me, it was a knowing that I was called to do ministry, and he's redeemed my life again and again and again because I haven't walked away from that. I've stepped back a few times. I don't know. There's, there's not been a year gone by that I don't step back and say, Lord, are you sure about this? Why, it's not all smooth sailing. I just don't tell you the rough stuff. That's anybody. That's any life. Now, I want to get to the, the point as we wind this down of, of the day because there's going to be a prayer time in the altar today that involves the power of God coming in to your life. And it's along the lines I'm talking about, particularly if it seems like uh, you're sorrowing over something that didn't go right. He can turn that around. It's his desire to, if we set our mouth right. Now, there was no room when they got to the assignment. Many times you'll do everything you know to do and there won't be room for you in the situation. You don't give up and walk away. Uh, as things unfolded, I had to move. I really wanted that location. I didn't want to have to move away. I knew how to run that place like a top. But the opportunity was not there. God was moving us away from there, about 70 miles west to another location that was his perfect will. In the next location, I was able to establish uh, uh, training illiterate people to read and write by using the Bible. I couldn't have done that in my first location. It would have been, I would have been called out and stopped. But in the new location where I was going, the president of the local chapter of Gideon's lived on the resort. How convenient. And I had a voice in, in every arena to use the Bible. He brought me as many as I wanted because it was part of our role is put them in out, out in all the accommodations. I share that because God has a plan that involves his will. And when you line up with that, promotion comes. So include God in your negotiation. Don't just say, God, I've taken you for granted. I'm entitled because pastor said I'm blessed. Be real careful not to do that. Say, Lord, I want to be your living testimony first. Now show me what I need to do. Give me your word on that. And it'll bring a refreshing when you get a new word from the Lord. It'll encourage you. How many times I have felt like in my life I've been starting over again. Do you know that most people, before they fulfill a, a career, they'll will change careers at least seven times in America? We should understand that change is not an enemy. It's an opportunity. And we need to call out to God, Lord, let me have your word as I'm approaching this season. Something's supposed to be different. He'll never lead you astray. But he will always be watching out for his best interest and to see if you will line up with that. If you become the steward of God's best interest, he will become the steward in your best interest. That's who he is. Luke 2.7, there was no room. But God made room. Just not the way man thought. The fourth thing, and I've said it at least five times so far, the seed that God puts in you, when you birth it, it will redeem you. When you carry what God put in you until it comes to pass, it'll turn around and bless you. How many times I've seen that? I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Matthew 1.20, the angel of the Lord came to Joseph this time in a dream. 
saying, Joseph, fear not to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. That's what you got to make sure of. That this isn't the, the imagination running wild in your mind. I've heard people say, God told me to do, and they share it, and I think, God didn't tell you that. Why? It doesn't sound like God. I know what, I know what he sounds like. Sometimes he just doesn't sound like stuff people come up with. And you've probably heard that too. I believe I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. Well, what did he lead you to do last? That's usually what I ask. How'd that turn out? You know, I'm trying to get them to kind of look at, see it for their own, own self. They might want to start somewhere else. It's just some great big cockamamie thing. God's not crazy. He, he's not going to be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he'll reap, see. So if we're, if we're going to sow just to natural things, he said we'll reap a life of corruption. It won't count much for God. But if we sow in the Spirit, we'll have a life that's everlasting. That means this life, elements of this life will continue when we get over there. All right. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. See, Mary couldn't name him. The father had to name him. That was Jewish law. The angel saying, he's going to be great, and you're going to name him Jesus. He didn't even get to call his kid by his own name. The name was assigned. For he shall save his people from their sins. There's the blockbuster. This is what this boy is going to do that you're going to raise. Now, I've said this, but I'm going to say it again. The thing that God puts in you, and I'd be asking him, I'd ask him, if you feel like you need a fresh start, something needs to change, you don't feel vibrant in, in your spiritual life or you're bored in your natural life, go back and ask him what he wants to put in you. And, and honestly, it's already in there. But what will he let you see or what will be revealed to you that you can put some energy into, that you can prepare for? You know, there wasn't swaddling clothes in the manger because the sheep needed them. Mary knew to take them. There's things that we do when we expect God to bring something out in our life. We prepare for that. We study, we prepare, we pray, we communicate. We position ourselves in, in the right place. God, how would you have me to do this? And he reveals it. Now, for me, redemption's come a lot of way. I'm going to tell four quick things. You have four parts of your life that God is critically interested in, and the first is your ministry unto Him. Many people today say the first is your family. That would be second. The first is, what did He put you here? Why are you born again? What is it that He wants to put a seed in you and activate that will bring the kingdom from the inside of you out into the world? What will make you his witness? What will make you his example? What will make you be obviously favored and set apart by God? And sometimes we think, oh, I missed that 10 years ago. It should have been this. Scrap that seed. God has more. See, if a seed came and went, he's the father of all. He's got plenty to plant back in you a word seed for this season that will redeem your life from destruction right now. How many Christians I've heard have given up somewhere in the past on what they thought God wanted from them just to stay in the mode of I've given up, I'm past. They're saying we're past redemption. No, he wants to buy us back and give us new life every moment that we will ask him. He's more interested in your new beginning than you are. Why? It brings about His will. It brings about the kingdom of God. It causes your life to be about Him where everybody looks at you and God gets the glory. 
And I believe you as a believer want more of that. You want to be able to walk around and know God's getting glory out of my life more now than he ever has before. And whenever the enemy comes against that mode and you have a setback, you just strike out again and say, more word seed, God. Give me something else. Give me something more. When, when I went to Guatemala this year, there's a ministry piece that I've not been able, not given much time to for a while. My, my own fall, I believe that people have time to do whatever they most want to do. But that was an area neglected. So if you say, I just don't have time, that's really a lie. God put you here to do as well. So just, you have to adopt my thinking. I'm telling you, this is God's thinking. You have time to do whatever is important to you. We all make those choices. So I, I, I yielded to the will of God and all hell broke loose. But I knew I wanted to go. I was excited. Greg and Brandy accepted the role of directorship. I was so excited. They were making all the arrangements and I was just going to get to go. And the arrangements got done. They had some challenges. I know a little bit about that, but the devil just tried to make it every way I couldn't go imaginable in the book. Down to everybody around me being sick or dying or things. Just unbelievable. You would not believe it, and I don't have time to talk about all of it. But what I do know is I went anyway. My whole ministry outlook was revived and changed. My whole desire for the future was stirred and changed. God got the glory out of that moment, and I haven't stopped talking about it yet. Why? So many good things happened to so many good people, and so many of our people were involved, and you were sowing seed whether you knew it or not, and God got the glory, and he's still getting the glory, and he's going to continue to get the glory, and I'm rather stirred up about that. Why? That was something God wanted that I protected by having to say no to some other things, not plant a garden this year, and I knew there wasn't going to be time. Why? Uh, yeah, well, anyway, won't go into all the... There's a whole lot of things I had to say no to that uh, didn't seem to make sense. Say, well, Pastor, it ought to just come easy to you. You're a preacher. Are you kidding me? When I talk about the R's that come against you, don't think I'm preaching out of ignorance. I'm preaching because I've come to understand this is... I, I understand and see it in my life so I can look at the Scripture and say... Huh? It's in the Bible. It isn't just me. I'm not a freak. I'm not the problem. This is how the devil comes against God's will. I'm so glad I found that. Started feeling better right away. Thinking, Lord, it's not just me. This happened to Mary and Joseph and Jesus. I'm in good company. See? Now, the angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph. And it brought redemption. I'm in... An odd place in relationships with my family where God's doing all kind of interesting things. He's doing them through very difficult circumstances. I feel like some days I'm riding the donkey being chased by Herod and the gold chest fell off the back of the donkey and, you know, Mary doesn't know what's up and, well, you know, the, we left the baby in the bushes. I mean, it's just that kind of chaos. Like everything imaginable. It's like, dear Lord Jesus, what else can happen? Now, maybe your year wasn't like that. When it comes to family stuff with us, you know, I've shared, you know, we're taking care of three, three parents who need us right now. They keep needing us more. I've been praying, Lord, you know, let, let, let's, let's let this lighten up a little bit. It hadn't, it's gotten more. So I have to stop and say, okay, God, I know this is the journey. This is part of what you have for me. You put it in my heart to help take care of them. You put it in our hearts to do these things. You're giving us the grace and ability to learn how to be what they need and how to honor them at this stage in their life. And in the most unusual ways, God is bringing a precious kind of love and understanding in a relationship that I've never had it this way before. Why? He chose to do it 
his way. And the seed of that was just beginning to help care where there was need. And then maybe doing more of that. Scripture's clear about honoring your parents and you'll live long. So there's that benefit. But it's how much can you do? And how do you arrange your life? So my life's radically rearranged right now. I've told you that. But God's bringing testimony out of it. Largely in things I wanted to see. Things I wanted to know. Won't go into any more of that. It's another area that God wants to touch in your life is your, your finances. Again and again, the Lord will have you do something. And I, I know sometimes people get weary at offering time and think, why are they talking about this? Because it's one of the big three in your life. That's why. And Jesus considered it number one after talking about the kingdom of God, which I'm talking about today, talked about money number two the most of anything in his ministry. So it's a priority. So I bring it into sermons sometimes. But I was in Guatemala, obeying God. I, when, when I was on the plane, I knew the Holy Spirit had spoken to me to do something for one of the pastors. I knew it was something significant or he would not have interrupted my meditation on the plane. I was trying to figure out what in the world am I going to preach the first three sermons. And he was talking to me about something else. He wasn't telling me what I wanted to know. He's telling me what I needed to know. So what I know, I knew that was an important priority on his heart. So I was with this pastor, and, and, and he took me to his home, and I, I knew. We walked in the house, and he said, well, the furniture's been short coming in. We just built this house two years ago. It's been short coming in, but it's coming in. We'll have it eventually. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, get him furniture. I just knew that I knew that I knew, and I looked in the living room, thought, hmm, there's no living room furniture. It must be that. But I went through the whole house with him looking. Well, the living room was a place of need. I knew immediately, immediately. I also knew immediately, wasn't going to be some little cheap Kmart furniture. He got quiet. Well, I was dealing with the man of God for one thing. God isn't going to ask me to do cheesy and chintzy while he's dealing with me. He's never asked me to do cheesy or chintzy. He, he always asks uh, more than I expect him to ask. Why would he do that? Because he wants to give more than I'm expecting to get. That's why. So we, we worked through the paces, and one of the daughters agreed to take us to the furniture store. There were two in the city. They don't have furniture like we have here on every street corner in the big towns. You don't have that. So we went, and we walked in, and I knew immediately it's going to be that set right there in the second store. First store I walked through, and I thought, nothing here is impressing me. Holy Spirit, show me. And we walked in the second store, and, and the daughter's very gracious. She first looked at the cheapest set, and I thought, that ain't going to be it. She didn't smile or get excited. Then we looked at the intermediate set, and all the time I knew, I saw her eye do what my eye did. We looked back over to that brown leather over there. I said, that's going to be it. And it isn't just a couch. There's three big honking pieces of leather furniture, top of the line, top notch, nicer than anything I've ever owned, to be honest. I knew that was it. Anyway, why would the Lord do that? Because he wanted to bless somebody through my life as a means to bring blessing into my life. And I, I came with uh, expecting to spend seven or $800, and it was almost $2,000. But I had the word of the Lord on it. Do you know that money's come back to me five times already since that trip? See, people don't know to trust the Lord. I tell you that story not to, not to brag. I mean, I don't tell you most things I don't tell you, especially things like that. But I'm compelled to tell you why. It was a seed God put in my heart. And I didn't even know for sure what. I just knew the seed was to do something for that pastor. I, I, I was told, now, they probably won't want to receive it. They'll fight you on it because they want to honor you. Instead, I said, no, they won't fight me on this either. Well, I got the word of the Lord. 
And I was told, it would be hard to get somebody to help you. I said, oh, I, I believe that one daughter, she's going to help me. She agreed to help me. A lot of people had to help me. The interpreter had to go with me. The furniture store had never set a, sold a set of furniture of any kind to an American before. It was the biggest furniture store in the city. They didn't even know how to run the credit card and do it. They couldn't even use Chase Bank. They had to use, uh, uh, what's the one with horses? Yeah, Wells Fargo, you were there. They had to use, use Wells Fargo, and they said, we don't know how it's going to work, but when they put it through, your credit card will get the money out of Wells Fargo. It'll all be all right. I'm thinking, hmm, this sounds like a shady kind of deal to me. Good, I've got the word of the Lord. Why, they don't do things the way we do things over here. So what do you, why, why am I telling? God's going to put some unusual seed in your heart that you're going to question. And he's not going to start with something that will scare you to pieces, but he will stir you. I remember walking in. I immediately, I I know furniture. I know know all about furniture. I've been trained. Used Used to work in the business. So I could look and I knew. I walked in. I said, what kind of sale is there? I didn't ask, is there a sale? I said, what kind of sale is there? The interpreter got involved anyway. Why why did she? You're going to have some things that don't happen easy. It's right before we were supposed to leave. It took a lot of time to get to the point we could even do it and be back in the right city, back with the right helpers, back with... It didn't. It. I talked about that. How many times? You Half a dozen at least times. I said, I don't know how it's going to happen, Corbin, but uh, is this before we leave, this has got to happen, something significant. And then I knew it was furniture, and I told him, it's furniture. I don't know how we're going to get it. I don't speak enough language, and I want to negotiate. I'm not paying top dollar for any furniture. I'm going to talk them down, and it's going to be on sale. And I started running my mouth. It was on sale. They were talked down and they gave us free delivery. The interpreter had to help. And they took it the day I wanted because the pastors were leaving out of town the next day. It had to go that next, that next day to their house. Anyway, God, is, God is, is able to fix situations if we do our part. I share that because he'll ask you to do some things that are different than you've heard before. The fourth thing is your physical health. Hear the word of the Lord and just be consistent with whatever the word of the Lord is for you. Today we'll pray for people that are in in physical duress because I I believe God's a deliverer out of physical duress. But it won't all come because of an anointing. It comes because you get a word of the Lord and you obey to do what he tells you to do. I've lived that so many times, so many ways. And you've heard me say enough about it. I won't go into it right now because I'm well out of time. And I want to open the altar while the anointing of, of God is present. Today, the anointing is to break you out of any funk that you have been in. And when I, when I pray, it's like, I don't know, it's like people got in slime and there's this stuff they haven't been able to shake off that slowed down spiritual life and energy, dulled your attitude and joy, caused your praise to be diminished, caused you to feel more negative than positive many times, caused you to have a sense of gloom and doom or despair caused a depression to come in where you've even wondered if you need medication. There are many situations that have happened to people because we don't have the word of the Lord in our heart. When the word of the Lord is hidden in our heart, it breaks the power of the enemy and it keeps him from getting a stronghold. The word of the Lord does that. What the anointing of God does is it breaks the bondage, but then the word of the Lord keeps you free. I want you to get a hold of that. I believe God's calling us to do more supernatural things. I I look forward to going back to Guatemala. He'll tell me to do something again for another pastor. I already know that's part of my calling. 
is I like to take care of uh, pastors particularly and help them. That's one of the reasons we go over there is it's in my heart to help the pastors that they, they need help. They don't have a lot of people helping them. That's what our church is doing over and over again. But I'm going to open the altar. I'm going to pray a, a prayer to turn the Holy Spirit loose in your life. To let him begin to stir you up for the perfect will of God. Because you're going to be improved. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be happy. You're going to see things change. But in the pathway, you're going to see all the challenges I talked about today. I set you up. If you want to walk in the blessing like he spoke over Mary, there's a pathway with some stuff there that you've got to walk through and work through. But if you'll be faithful to not give up and never give in to the opposition, Jesus said already the victory belongs to us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your people gathered in your name as we close a calendar year. We open a calendar year. Father, with you, we're in a new season already. It is a season of change for the good, a season for joy, Father. We're not going to look back into the difficult season and be mimicking that as we walk forward. We're going to look forward into the newness of life and thank you that out of every situation in our life, you're turning it for the good. Now, Father, I thank you that you don't ever leave us or forsake us. Father, whenever we, we, we falter a little bit in our faith, you're there to stir us up again. Father, I ask that you inspire today by the conviction of your Holy Spirit. Stir the hearts to receive what you have in mind. Father, prepare us. Prepare our heart to hear that fresh word from you that is a seed from heaven that is going to bring redemption into our life and cause us to have a fresh outlook again. Cause us to be stirred for you again. Cause us to not be stale or fall away, but cause us to be filled with new and abundant life. Father, I thank you that in this year, your healing power works within our bodies to effect a healing and a cure, but our decisions will move us more and more into divine health. You will give us a word of discipline that will keep us healthy where the enemy can't get a foothold. Now, Father, I thank you for bringing that wisdom into every person who desires to hear a word from you. You know and created our body to be our spiritual house where you would live. You know how to well maintain it and keep it in full optimum condition. So we submit our bodies to you, Father, and you're going to give us a word in due season that will be just right. and We're going to obey you. Father, I thank you in the realm of finance, provision, money, Father, business, uh, the, the opportunities that people are working in to see you bring blessing into their life. Father, I break loose the power of the enemy to, to strangle and stop the future. Satan, turn loose and let go of our money. Turn loose of the resources that belong to this family. Turn loose of, of, of the visions and dreams that will lead them into a greater productivity. But Father, we'll not be moved by pressure to live under pressure to just do more. We want your word. We thank you for your word coming into our heart to make the right pivotal decisions to see ample supply. Father, you give seed to the sower. Make every person here a sower of seed as part of the deal. Cause them to remember the furniture story. There's something like that for them to hear from you that will stir faith for what's next. Father, I thank you that they'll, rather than, than be upset about sowing seed, they'll rejoice at the harvest because at the sowing, there's a rejoicing because you're supernatural and you bring it to pass. Father, I thank you when it comes to the particular thing that you want every person to do this year in their ministry, in this church, in the body of Christ, that you make that seed known. And Father, you show us how to nurture. Father, I believe we're on the right track with so many things.
but there's now room for growth. There's room for change. There's room for more. Planted in our hearts, Lord Jesus, in every person. Now, Father, I thank you that in relationships, when I was talking about relationships, how you've moved in to shift and change and make things so happy and so good. I ask you to do that for every person here. Show them the word seed that creates an interest in friendship or an interest in a connection or an interest, Father, in, in growing, a, growing a right kind of relationship within families. Father, where there is sharpness between married people, I ask that you reveal the seed that will remove the sharpness. Where there's a difference in faith and faithfulness to the Lord, that you reveal the kind of seed in words and actions that will cause redemption to come into the marriage and cause them to enjoy walking together with you. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, wherever there's a rebellion or, or aggravation happening in a home, that you plant the seed of your love to remove the, the harvest of rebellion. Father, it is not too late in any case. So, Father, I speak over the wayward and the parents and the families of somebody who's wayward. You give them your word in due season, and redemption will come out of working that word. Father, I thank you that you redeem our life from destruction every day. That is your word as we close this year, and we will set our conversation aright to receive the goodness of God in this new season. Father, I call it out by the word of the Holy Spirit over this congregation that your promise is sealed. It's been delivered. It's been expounded upon, and now it's sealed in the power of God. It is done, and we agree in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray that today you were challenged to move closer to God and encouraged with the depth of His love for you. If you would like to know more or hear additional messages, please call us at 217-395-2231. You can also write to us at Living Word Church, P.O. Box 158, Roberts, Illinois, 60962. Or visit our website at go to lwc.org. And as always, we would love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace.